How's everybody doing today? Oh, you know. I got through a couple weeks ago, or uh, last week, I think, um, entries for the rant's first ever submission to the North Carolina Press Association contest. Yeah. So, yeah, we became members of the Press Association. Was it earlier this year or was it last year? It was last year. Yeah. And so this is the first time we've come up as uh, potential contest entries. And because we don't print as a weekly edition, um, we're actually in the online category. Uh, and maybe that'll change in the future. So we don't actually go against other newspapers, but we are going against um, some really, really outstanding online news um, and uh, news outlets, such as our, our good friend, Billy Ball and his uh, Cardinal and Pine um uh, website and then uh, NC Policy Watch and uh, several others of that ilk. So um, we had about 30 entries this year. And I told Gordon, if we can come away with just a couple, I'll be happy because we're going to get some really good competition. But uh, I also think the work we do is pretty good. And so um, back when we were at the Herald and we didn't have a whole lot else going on in our lives, we took the awards pretty seriously. I don't take them quite as seriously as I did back then, but uh, it would be nice for us to be recognized. I think slap the yeah. tag, slap the tag award winning on the front. That's right. And a lot of what we submitted was yours, Richard. You've done a, you've oh, done a lot of good work. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually it was, it was a pretty good mix of, of, uh, the three of us. Um, you know, uh, we, uh, you know, some of the categories just kind of fit. There's a lot of, uh, you know, government writing and, and that sort of, um, and that sort of whatever the word I'm looking for is categories. And so, yeah, yeah, we all, all of us have uh, quite a few entries. Um, we're not going to make it a contest. We're not going to see who wins the most. But like I said, I will be happy with absolutely anything. I don't care whose name is on it. Yeah, the award-winning rant. Richard, you had a uh, you had a story this week about the county kind of having setting an aggressive schedule to set up one of the old Magnani Morelli buildings for uh, to to train the the Vinfast workers. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, they uh, you know Vinfast is really kind of on a fast track themselves to get this plant up and operating in Chatham County. And uh, they've made some pretty aggressive goals. They, they plan to get uh, cars off the line by July of 2024. So that's just, you know, a couple of years or so from now. So they need to have workers uh, trained. And uh, community college has always been one of North Carolina's aces in the hole when it comes to bringing in industries from across the country or around the world. And uh, it was in this case too. And so um, we're just fortunate that Central Carolina had just had this, this whole 22 acre campus 
dropped in their lap literally last summer by the county commissioners and Magnani Morelli. And then included a building uh, there that uh, they had talked about doing some refitting and retrofitting of. And so now they're going to have to really step it up because uh, VinFast needs that building to be able to start uh, training and put these mock-ups of these two cars they're going to be making there by next summer. Um, by July. So it's going to be an aggressive schedule for them. And um, so that means the county has got to really step it up. There's some uh, environmental issues that are still going on there with a couple of, uh, I know there's one buried tank there where they have a leak um, and they have some issues with it there. They're closing 23 of the 27 test well uh bore sites that they had done to test the soil with, but they're having to leave four of them open because the soil is still not showing the kind of uh, numbers that they need to see. So they're going to leave that open for just a little bit until they can get that cleaned up. Um, but there, you know, there's a lot of work that they got to do. And um, when you work with the state, in terms of these construction projects, there's a process that they have to go through and you've got a lot of hoops to jump through in doing uh, construction projects. I know when uh, in my years of working with uh, community colleges, doing a lot of these kind of construction projects, you have to work with the state construction office and it's just a, a big deal to do that. And I think that um, the governor's office may step in here to help move heaven heaven and earth to that's what i was gonna make say. this as much, happen as much money as they're putting in yeah i imagine they're going, to be able, dollars. they're going to be able to yeah. jump through a lot of the hoops or uh, cut through a lot of the red tape that i think a lot of people would otherwise have to wait for <laughs> so. i think there, there's going to be a lot of magic wand waving here over the next year or so for this is north carolina's largest ever economic development project. So I think a lot of things are going to happen that uh, normally would take a long time that are going to happen in the blink of an eye. But it's it's uh, interesting to see because uh, when this was mentioned in the commissioner's meeting Monday night, it was something that uh, Dr. Crunton just sort of mentioned in passing and didn't spend a lot of time on. But, you know, when you think about all the things that have to be done to make this happen, it really is a, a really big story. Uh, to see how quickly they're having to jump on this. So one of the things they're doing now is they have given them the go-ahead to uh, start the request for quotes for the design phase. And that's always the first part of it. Mm -hmm. And instead of uh, a request for bids or an RFI request for inquiries, here, they're going straight to the request for bids. Oh, okay. Uh, so that lets them step over, you know, make a couple of steps ahead. So they're sort of leapfrogging this process a little bit anyway. Um, so um, um, so by going ahead and asking for, you know, these requests for quotes, they can just go ahead and, and move forward a little bit faster with it. And um, that'll that'll knock a couple, maybe two or three months off the process there. So, you know, they'll be able to move a little faster with it. And the fact that, you know, the county's already involved with this, uh, the construction office, state construction is already involved. The, the trustees of the community college uh, are very invested in making this happen. And uh, uh, 
they've got the support of uh, Saga that is involved in all this. So there are just so many people that are players that are normally not involved at this stage of the game to make this thing happen. Um, it's interesting to see for me because I've seen so many of these happen and uh, I'm just, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Do you have any, did, has, is there any information about um, the amount of people that they, uh, they anticipate training there each year on an annual basis? No, there's nothing yet. Uh, you know, they, they're planning to hire 7,500 workers eventually uh, when that phase one uh breaches um it's it's end phase i guess mm-hmm. but there are no numbers uh, he didn't talk about any numbers the other night interesting and you had a story last week about um i mean there's already a, a, a supply chain business so to speak uh, with the fedex hub that's setting up in chatham county yeah that's gonna be a uh one of their larger uh i guess hubs that they, that what they call them as hubs. Uh, mm-hmm. They are building one now in Wilson County that's about 220,000 square feet. And uh, it uh, has um, um, forgotten the number of, of jobs. I think it's, I think it was around 200. Yeah, 200 or so. So you can sort of extrapolate from there that this one would have about 300 jobs. They didn't really say the number of people who would would be coming to this facility, but having it, uh, you know, it's less than a mile uh, or so from the the VinFast location is, you know, that's the first. This is the first uh, of all these other ancillary businesses that are going to be locating around uh this VinFast facility and um creating all these new jobs for people you know it's you don't have to to know how to make a car to be able to benefit right. from the you know you're, you're going to be able to if you drive a truck you can do this you know if you can put packages together you can you can do these kind of things and there'll be lots of other things that will come down the pike too you know for that'll create jobs for the community yeah I think um, it's interesting because, you know, we repeatedly say that VinFast is a Chatham County project, but just the fact that this campus is going to be in Lee County, I mean, I know CCCC also serves Chatham County, but it just brings home how how big of an impact this is for for Sanford and Lee County. Well, you know, with the, the, you know, there's a, what's the name of the housing development that's going on there? Chatham Park, is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a good number of houses that are going up there and, and will be going up. Uh, there's a, a, another development that is in the preliminary stages that was announced uh, just yesterday uh, down at Carthage. Uh, mm-hmm. But there is you know 6,000 houses that have already been approved here in this county. So where are these people going to work? Where are they going to live? You know, the, the, the easiest place for them to... to plant their flag is going to be here in Sanford.
my makeup out to jump in a bed after binging all day on say yes to the dress when that devil on my shoulder known as my best friend texted we're all at the cowboy get your butt down here jen against my better judgment i pulled myself together in the bat of a lash it was hey bartender would you pour me a wyoming whiskey on ice that's when i heard a voice say put it on mine turned around and saw my night and shining neon light and after five rounds i found the love of my life i blurted out i like the sound of your last name he winked and said his wingman just got ordained cherish them rings slurry i'll do something cold something rude something packed ribbon blue the band played here comes the bride with the party crowd singing along and that's how i got married in a honky tonk That waitress who made my beer bucket bouquet An old biscuit, the bouncer who gave me away No rice in sight, but a lot of popcorn thrown The maid of honor was a goner, so we Ubered her home The rest of it was just a blurry wedding bell bender But the first kiss was pretty good from what I can remember A toilet paper veil, bar stool pews Open in sickness and in health includes hangovers too We had our first dance to the band Playing a Hank Williams cheating song And that's how I got married in a honky-tonk Okay, so our guest this week is uh, Jenny Coleman from Nashville, Tennessee. She is a rising country artist. Um, it's a it's a big year for you. You had an album and you got married this year. Is that right? That is correct. I mean, just in the last month, I did all that. So it's yeah. been quite a busy time and awesome. very exciting. <laughs> well, congratulations. Um, Thank you. Jenny is one of the performers at the upcoming Wampus Cat Music Fest and um Jenny, we're just we're interviewing different performers and talking about y- your music and your show. Um, just curious how you came to be involved with uh, with Wampus Cat. Yeah, well, um, I have a booking agent here in Nashville, and we have a lot of fellow roster mates who are joining this festival. So I got to hop on board as well. You know, like Thompson Square um, is one of the ones that I'm really excited to to get to see as well. Um, so it's just going to be a really great time. It's my first time ever playing in North Carolina, so I'm excited to get up there. Awesome. Very cool. 
um, in reading about you, one of the things that jumps out and in listening to your music um, is there is, it's not like you're a comedy act, but there is a very apparent sense of humor um, yes. <laughs> in your writing and, and your songs and your performing. Um, do you just want to talk about, you know, what, what, what leads you to bring that influence into your songs? Yeah, well, I've always just loved the storytelling aspects of country music. And when I was younger, like in fourth grade, I think I used to write stories all the time. And I had a really great teacher who would let me get up at the end of class and read all of the stories that I had written that week. Um, and generally, they had a little bit of crazy characters going on. And, and right. uh, lots of what you'll hear in my music today kind of has carried over from that imagination that I had um and you know my producer Dave Brainerd uh who is also now my husband <laughs> mm -hmm. he is an amazing songwriter as well and so the two of us together kind of have this weird uh <laughs> humor I guess that we play off of each other with and, and the character creation and storytelling and all of that so it's just kind of a really fun thing that we've um, latched onto and ran with this Jennyville theme, which is right. this imaginary world that we created to put these characters into to kind of make it, um, you know, somewhere where it's not me just saying all this crazy stuff or me having all these like wild different multiple personalities, you know, where I actually get to go and, and be a narrator and kind of role play a little bit of that stuff because that's just super fun for me as a performer. I, I love this this idea. Are there like recurring <laughs> characters in Jennyville? Do are are there sequels there that are. come back? That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah. If you listen, especially on my first album, uh, there goes the neighborhood, and it carries over into this new album, Married in a Honky Tonk. But there's all these little Easter eggs that you can kind of start connecting the dots if you pay attention close enough. But it's also not like so heady that you won't understand what's going on if you don't pay attention to that. Right. That's per that really re like rewards the listener. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I say it's perfect for all my music nerds. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of, speaking of music nerds, uh, hey Jenny, uh, my name's Billy, Hi. and uh, um, every time I bring this up, Gordon rolls his eyes because I seem to bring it up all the time. But I grew up in Texas. And, oh, nice. And yeah, and so um, I grew up in the 90s in Texas and uh, um, 90s country music. Um, I think if there's an era of country music, that that's the that that's the the peak, maybe not the peak, but it's a really good era of country music. Mm -hmm. And so I'm listening to one of your songs and it's called, well, you know, your, your songs, but uh, I know some cowboys. And not only what it, it drew me because it's about your trip to Texas. Mm -hmm. But I also catch that you're the song itself had a very uh, just a, a very 90s country vibe yeah. to it. Now, and, and I'm wondering, am I correct in in uh, in, oh, yeah. <laughs> in finding that? And and uh, tell us about some of your influences. Yeah, well, it's funny. As soon as you started talking about that you were from Texas and that you love 90s country, I had in my head, I was like, oh, I wonder if he's, I was about to say, oh, you need to hear my song. I know some yeah. cowboys. Yeah. So I'm glad you went there with it. Um, yeah, you know, as far as sonically sounding a little bit throwback is something that I really like. You know, I, I love traditional country music um, and lots of different forms of traditional country music because there's Johnny Cash, there's Patty, Patsy Cline, and then there's Shel Silverstein and Roger Miller, who all have very different 
sounds going on. But something similar about a lot of those artists is that they loved the wild character storytelling type of stuff where a lot of, especially Roger, he had so much humor, but it was built into these songs that had an enlightening message where it's like you almost missed it if you weren't actually like listening full on because you know I always reference you can't roller skate in a buffalo herd that song because it's just like the most bizarre like what in the like who would write this this is so weird like it's just but then when you actually listen to the end line of that chorus the hook is but you can be happy if you've a mind to which is really saying but you can be happy if you choose to be and and so it's such an enlightening thought and such an important thought to be aware of after all of this stuff that seems impossible and that seems crazy and all this. So I just love stuff like that where it's hidden hidden enlightenment and all of this humor. Because I think once you can make people laugh, you make them comfortable. And once they're comfortable, they're whether they're consciously or subconsciously open to hearing what the actual message of that song is. And hopefully it's a good message. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I'm... I'm enjoying just the variety of of what you do. Uh, Married in a Honky Tonk is a, is a fun song, and Thank you. and uh, just uh, you know I um, I'm enjoying it. And in this festival that you're playing at, uh, there is a, a a lot of really great country artists coming in. There's also this very eclectic group of '90s, uh, you know, Everclear and and Lit and and Dishwalla <laughs> and these kind of bands coming in. Have you had a chance to look at this lineup? And, um, and I haven't seen the full lineup yet, so it yeah. sounds like it's going to be really exciting, though. Yeah, yeah. I was, well, I was wondering, uh, do, um, does your music taste uh, cross boundaries? Do you? Are you interested in in certain genres that are outside of country as well? Yeah, you know, I think I listen to a little bit of everything, probably probably other than like heavy metal. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little too sparkly for that. But <laughs> I, I love actually Amy Winehouse is was one of my favorite artists. And, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I go back and listen through her catalog quite a bit. And if you listen to my music as well you can probably hear a little bit of some I don't want to say funk but a little bit of soul like especially on um, watering the weeds or working woman's blues or even going back to my first album a song called work it and um, we've got little little hints of like horn sections and stuff like that you know kind of bringing in a, a tiny little hint of jazz funk soul a little bit um, so I think that's really fun to, to bring into the country world, especially right now. Yeah. Um, so in reading about you, you grew up in country music, um, and you were around <laughs> it from a young age is, was being a singer and a performer and a songwriter, something that you always wanted to do, or is it something that you came to a little bit later? You know, I think I always knew I was going to be at least a singer. You know, when I was really little, I didn't really have a concept of what a songwriter was. Um, But growing up, I've just sang since before I can remember. And I would I learned to play piano by ear after coming home from church. I would pick out the songs that we had just sang. and, And so I was always just very musical and 
you know, I grew up with a very musical father who was always singing around the house and playing piano and show tunes because he actually came from kind of the the theatrical world more so because okay. he was a singer at Disney World and at uh, Burt Reynolds Dinner Theater and and ended up coming to Nashville as part of a vocal quartet called the Indian River Boys, which was a, a country quartet, kind of like the Oak Ridge Boys. So he eventually, you know, stepped his foot into the country music world. But really his background is you know, the showbiz hands and theatrical. And so that's probably honestly, now that I'm talking about it is where a lot of that love of characters comes from too. Um, so it's, it's kind of something that when I turned 16, I got a guitar for my birthday. And by that point I had been, like I said earlier, writing stories and creating these little imaginary characters in my head. And, really it was kind of this light bulb moment and it was also when taylor swift was just like blowing up in country music and i was like wait a second i can do that like if i put everything i love to do together it's called being a country artist and songwriter because you just combine the singing the musical instruments that i was playing and the writing and it was like oh duh yeah so really from that moment on uh, i have not looked back yeah. One of the things I think is cool about country music specifically is the the different ways it can be presented. You can be by yourself mm-hmm. with a with a guitar. It can be, you know, just a couple acoustic guitars. It can be a full band. Can you yeah. talk about your live setup right now and, and what people coming to the show can expect um, in May? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will have my full band with me. That is always my favorite, my personal favorite, because they mm-hmm. they make me sound so much cooler than I am. <laughs> I can I'm I don't insult guitar players by calling myself a guitar player, but I can accompany myself. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're gonna have fiddle, all the good stuff. It's gonna be a really really fun show. Um, I just you know live performing is my favorite part of being an artist and getting to meet people and play the music for them, and you know at the end of the show hearing what songs impacted them the most, what made them laugh, what made them cry, all that good stuff. Right. Right. Yeah, it seems like it seems like uh, your career's kind of started to take off at the same time that this pandemic hit. Um, are you <laughs> starting starting to get back into live shows and and uh, um, have you been able to perform a lot in, in recent months? You know, I'm finally starting to get back into the swing of things. It feels like. I mean, like you said, it was just. I mean, it was a rough blow to all of us that that 2020 um and really especially you know when you spend so much time and money and effort as an independent artist getting your feet off the ground and kind of getting this snowball rolling into the base of a snowman is what I like to picture it as and then to have it just completely stopped was was pretty traumatizing for a little bit but you know about halfway through it I was like okay I can't sit here in self-pity anymore because we're all in the same boat and I just have to find ways to keep this momentum going. So um, we started working on this new music and, you know, making plans for the marketing on social media and everything like that, because we didn't know when we were going to be able to get back out on the road. But finally, you know, these next couple of months, I'm gone every single weekend. And I can't wait for that because if I'm home for more than like two weeks at a time, I feel like something's wrong. I'm like, I need to get out of here. Well, it looks like you you did pass the time with a lot of cooking videos. I did. I did. Yeah, Yeah, that was one of my um, secret secret weapons I had up my sleeve, I guess you could say, (laughs) is that 
I was like, well, okay, everybody's doing so many live streams of concerts and, you know, playing in their kitchen or their living room, whatever it may be. And, and I just felt so um, overly saturated with that, that I was like, okay, what else can I do that can be entertaining, you know, a, a creative outlet, which cooking is that. And, and I still get to be this personality on the camera and we can play my music as the backdrop of the, of the video. So it kind of combined everything. And I am gluten-free. I've been gluten-free for like way before it was cool because I have to be. <laughs> right. And so I've, I've been able to learn a lot about gluten-free cooking and baking and all that. And I was like, well, everybody's stuck at home and has to cook for themselves now. So I might as well share some yeah. of my favorite recipes and, and get a little creative outlet at the same time. I, I'll, uh, I'll give you a compliment. Um, I had, I had one going earlier and my wife walked by and she didn't hear it because I had my headphones in, but she did say, Oh, I like her kitchen. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so there's, there's a compliment. That is the highest compliment I can receive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Tell her. Thank you. We'll do. <laughs> I see. Is that Bobby Bear behind you? That is good eye. Yeah. His I name, love Bobby. Yeah, I'm a, I'm familiar with him, of course. Do you know Do you know of his son at all, Bobby Bear Jr.? I I do. I actually met him at a show in Nashville at the Basement East a few years ago, and it's so funny because I, in my mind, I know he grew up, but in my mind, I was picturing the daddy what if voice uh-huh. coming out of this giant burly man with big curly hair. And yeah. I was just like, you are not what I pictured at all. But he was so sweet. Yeah, he he recently joined. Well, recently, as in past six or seven years, but joined an indie rock band called Guided by Voices as mm-hmm. one of their guitar players. And I got to see him with them. And it was it was, it kind of goes back to our discussion about, you know, different influences creeping into your music because they're, they're not really what he's known for doing, but he brings an right. element of that into them. And, and it's really cool. Oh, cool. I love that. Yeah. yeah I, I need to listen to that. It's fun. It's fun. There's a lot of it, <laughs> but um, yeah. well, look, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I always like to give everybody an opportunity to to share where your music can be found, um, to give people an opportunity to check you out if they haven't heard your stuff before you play. So if you just want to tell us where, you know, where, you, where your stuff lives. Yeah, if you go to JennyTolman.com, it's Jenny with a Y and T-O-L-M-A-N.com. Everything is listed there and all my music is anywhere that you can purchase and stream music online. Um, all the places you can find me. If you type in Jenny Tolman, I'll pop right up. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Well, is there anything you wanted to add before we let you go? I'm just so excited to come see you guys. Are y'all going to be at the show? We are. Yep. Oh, nice. I can't wait to see you in person. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be one of the, we're going to be one of the groups that, uh, it's going to try this camping out thing. It's a a three day event. So we're going to, we're going to give that a shot. (laughs) very nice i wish you the best <laughs> yeah i haven't done that since i haven't camped out at a at a festival in in 20 plus years so it um it's not gonna go well <laughs> but no we're, we're looking forward to it and looking forward to, to hearing you play and thank you so much for joining us yes thanks guys for having me Don't scare me And 
heights they barely bring a shiver out in me, and I won't be frightened by a night full of lightning. There's no ghost story I'll believe. Oh, but. Gotta fly through. I'll make the jump a million times. And if there's a bull to ride, for those eight seconds I'll be riding high. Fear couldn't reach me if it tried. planning on going to the farmer's market this weekend? I'll always go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to go buy some things. I'm, I'm excited for it to reopen. It's one of my favorite yeah. things that's happened here in the last few years is, is really getting that off the ground and being able to wake up on a Saturday and go, you know, come away with a handful of things and, you know, make a local meal out of it. I'm, I'm excited it's coming back and I'm even more excited for it to uh, become a year round farmer's market when they move into that, that, that building on uh, Charlotte Avenue. I know Billy's a big, uh, he's big on the pig, you know, for his meat, but uh, there's uh-huh. a guy at the farmer's market uh, from out at Bear Creek 
who does his local beef. Yes. And he does beef and he does, uh, I think he does, uh, maybe he does something else. It's a little more exotic. I know he does bison, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, uh, uh, it, so, I think it's Dunlap Farms, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, and they're, they're uh, really good. Yeah, so well, I come back a couple times last summer. You know, scored some steaks there. You know, that were really good. So it's nice to be able to have a totally local meal. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, my silence isn't disinterest. It's uh, it's that I'm just not a big farmers market person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we uh, we shot that video there couple years ago i think right when the pandemic started that was fun that was a lot yeah. of fun um i am gonna go check out the fish market uh this weekend though uh, and i know that's that's more of a year-round thing but uh we're uh, i think i'm in the mood to to do some kind of um i don't know some kind of not salmon um mm, crawfish crawfish boil red red flounder or something like that i don't know yeah, well, I'd love to do another crawfish boil. I don't think they do live crawfish there. Yeah, they I know do. they have. Well, they have crawfish tails, but do they do the, like the live crawfish? Yeah, yeah I've got them. Right. Our guest today is is uh, Jenny Tolman, who is a country artist who is um, going to perform at the uh, at the Wampus Cat. And I don't know, Gordon, what do you think of, of the interview? I thought I think uh, all the interviews we've done so far leading up to this have been pretty pretty fun pretty interesting uh these these musicians are usually a pretty good guest yeah yeah well i mean musicians like to talk about their music so yeah. i mean but she she was uh no she she was fun to talk to and i i think the thing that and i said this to her the thing that jumped out at me most is she's uh she really leads with with humor i mean it's not like she's a comedy act but there is a sense of humor in her music and she's not afraid to acknowledge it. And I think that's cool because I think a lot of times people will sort of dismiss as, you know, d dismiss humor as, as less relevant an expression than, you know, really serious music or heartfelt things. But she had a good way of kind of explaining that, you know, that, that humor puts people at ease and therefore you can, you can then, you know, get to a, a more serious place or, or theme or whatever. I thought she expressed that really well and it was cool. Yeah. And in, and in the interview, you and I did not by any means dismiss country music because that would be rather rude of us to say, you know, we don't really listen to country music, but so we didn't do that. <laughs> but I think she could tell that we're not country music aficionados by any means. That said, um, as my music tastes have grown over the years, I have developed an appreciation for certain eras of country music. Definitely, you know, the Johnny Cash uh, outlaw country era is uh, is really good. It's it's um, I, I don't think there's a lot of people that disagree with that. Uh, um, I don't like current country music. Uh, and the, the reason um, that that's relevant to this is because I don't think that uh, Jenny Tolman um really has a current country sound. I think a lot of her sound is, uh, is influenced by some of the older country musicians. She, um, on her bio, she mentions by name, Dolly Parton and Barbara Mandrell, but I got kind of a, a nineties, um, uh, country vibe from her. And, and uh, I think the nineties, which, uh, 
which is a pretty good era of country music as well. I think, um, I think they had a lot of good female artists in that time. And I think she kind of has that style. So, so yeah, I, I, I liked listening to it. You know, I, I, th- I thought going in, you know, this is going to be modern country. I'm not a huge fan of that, but she was different. It was pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, modern country is, I don't know if that's even the best way I would think of it, but there's, there's a, a lot of current country music that is very formulaic pop music with a twang. And I wouldn't describe her music as that at all. It's, it seems very heartfelt and real. Yeah. 